This sermon by Mark Cahill entitled Watchman was recorded at Slavic Baptist Church of Palm Coast on September 14th of 2013. Please feel free to make copies of this message, but do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without express written permission. May God work in your heart through the Holy Spirit as you listen to this recording and enable you to live out the biblical truths in this message. All right, can you hear me okay? People in the back, can you hear me? All right. Prevet. Goodbye. That's all the Russian I know. Can I speak English, yes or no? Well, I know, of course, I can speak English. I know that. But can you understand me if I speak English, yes or no? Prevet. And um, choir was good, eh? Yes, that was, that was excellent. Thank you. Conductor, ex- excellent, excellent, excellent. You live in Russia? What city? Moscow would do that. That was, that was excellent. Thank you. Um, okay, you ready for a good day? Yes? Yes? Okay, we're going to challenge you because it's not good enough just to sing these songs about Jesus. It's not good enough just to read these very good poems about Jesus Christ um, because too many times uh, Russians and Ukrainians and Europeans come to America and you like America too much. And America's got big problems, okay? You, sometimes you like the money, you like the wealth, you like the beaches, and America needs Jesus is what America needs, okay? But you can't just be singing songs about that. You've got to do something about that. Does that make sense, what I said? Okay, now I'm going to give you some things to think about this morning, but the first thing I want you to think about is time. I want you to think about time, okay? Every second, two people die, okay? By the time you put your head back on your pillow tonight, if the Lord allows you to. Another 150,000 people have taken their last breath, walked off from eternity, heaven or hell as we speak. Okay, so simple question for you. Do you care about those two people that just died? Okay, but a much, 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 much tougher question. Okay, do you care enough to do something about where those two people are going to spend eternity that just died? Because we sit here, two more people just died. And two more people just died. Okay, and too many times as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're completely out of focus. Okay, we're looking, you know, we're looking at our GPA, we're looking at our playing time. You know, will the Russian hockey team ever beat the American hockey team? We worry about things that don't matter. Okay, we worry about a dollar bill, we worry about the beach. But to the two people that just died, all that matters is that they know Jesus Christ. Everything else is completely secondary. Okay, you can be here one moment. And gone, just like that. I used to be a high school teacher. And um, back in the day, one of my students, uh, Brian, had a learner's permit. And um, him and his mother drove into the mountains of Tennessee. They pulled into a convenience store, right? They switched seats. Uh, Brian moves to the passenger seat, right? They pull out in the mountains of Tennessee. A boulder rolled off the side of the mountain. Boulder landed directly in the passenger seat and crushed Brian dead instantly. Okay, mother could look over, there's a boulder sitting in her car, and her son is dead underneath that boulder. All right, now I knew Brian was coming back to school next year. Oh, no, Brian wasn't. Brian took off into eternity. The question is, where's Brian at right now? That's the question, okay? Um, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, right up the road from where I live, that's the University of Georgia, and there were some students that were rock climbing, and one of the boys was rock climbing, and his hand slipped, And he fell off the side of the cliff, but when he fell off the side of the cliff, 
the clip held. It held, okay? So he came down. He came down. Wow. Hit the side of that mountain. Just dang there, dead as can be. 18-year-old boy. Eternity just like that. Well, I actually told that story at a sports banquet I was speaking at in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. When I told the story, afterwards, a lady walks up to me, and she said, you know the story of the young man who fell off the cliff? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, that's one of our relatives. I said, really? I said, how are you doing? Okay. Uh, she said, let me tell you something. We're struggling so much. We just miss this boy so much. He just had this personality, she said, where he could walk into a room and the whole room would light up. You ever met one of those people that just have that dis personality that rooms light up? Okay. So we just miss this kid so much. But let me tell you something about this kid. I said, okay. In high school, he committed his life to Jesus Christ. Can teenagers get saved, yes or no? Oh, speak to me, please. Can teenagers get saved, yes or no? Yes, okay, so are you reaching your friends for Jesus Christ? Are you sharing your faith with your friends for Jesus Christ? Okay, do you care enough about the people on your sports teams you'll tell them about Jesus Christ? Interesting, because I never got witness to in high school. Not one of my Christian friends, uh, basketball teammates, youth group kids, ever took time to share Jesus with me in high school. I never heard about Jesus until I went to college, and then four young men told me about Jesus Christ, and that's why I stand here today, because people finally told me about Jesus Christ. So if I interviewed all the people at your high school, would they tell me, you're being bold, you're standing strong for Jesus Christ, or you're just fitting in? Young people, you're not here to fit in. Is that correct? Christians don't fit in, all right? Christians turn the world upside down, Acts 17. We turn places. We turn high schools upside down. We turn junior highs upside down. We turn, uh, I had a good time at a restaurant witnessing here last night. I tried to turn that restaurant upside down for Jesus Christ last night. That's what Christians do. We don't fit in. We're not here to take up space. We're just passing on through, okay? He committed his life to Jesus Christ, this woman told me. All right. Then she said, this kid witnessed to everybody in his high school. Young people, can you share your faith with your friends in high school? Yes or no? Can you? I'm not asking do you. Can you? Yes or no? Yes. That's the challenge when we walk out of here, okay, this afternoon, that we're going to be bold and stand strong for Jesus Christ and bolder than we walked in this place. Okay, she said he went to the University of Georgia, boldly shared his faith in Jesus Christ. And as much as we miss this kid, we know exactly where he's at. Isn't that the hope we have as Christians, eh? Is that the hope we have? Yeah, see, when another Christian dies, it's not a goodbye. It's a see you real soon. Okay, you just beat me to the throne of God. Okay, I'll catch up around the corner. You just got there quicker than I did. Just lost one of my good speaking friends, Dr. Carlson. Love this man, okay? I haven't shed a tear yet. Now, I'm not saying I'm not emotional. I am emotional, okay? But this man loved Jesus Christ, uh, spoke in 130 countries for Jesus Christ, spoke in Russia numerous times for Jesus Christ. Uh, when he took his last breath a short time ago, uh, dreams come true on that day for people like that. They come very true on that day. Do you understand how real Jesus Christ is? You're going to meet him soon. But you're either going to meet him as a believer or meet him as a lost person. And one of those isn't going to cut it. And one won't cut it for eternity. Okay? Um, so last year, I'm in the Atlanta airport. You know the people that push the wheelchairs? You've seen those people that push the wheelchairs? Well, there were like six of those guys sitting there eating some lunch. So I went over and started chit-chatting with them, talking with them, started witnessing to them, told the story of this boy, Josh, who died in the rock climbing accident. One of the boys looks at me and says, I know Josh. 
I said, how did you know Josh? He said, we went to the University of Georgia together. So he knew him in college. I said, really? Then all of a sudden, this guy got this faraway look in his eyes. And he said, you know, he said, that young man just loved God. He said, I need to go back when I was a kid, when I grew up in this, and get serious about this once again. Do you see what Josh was still doing? Josh was still speaking into people's lives, and he had already died. Okay? Think about that for a second. See, if you speak with your life, you'll still speak after you die in people's lives. Is that correct? Yes or no? Yes, you will. That's a choice you get to make. I plan on speaking at my funeral. Okay? So when I die at my funeral, I plan on speaking at it. Now, I won't be there. I'll be long gone. Okay? I'll be in heaven by then. Okay? But I plan on speaking at it because I speak with my life for Jesus Christ. So it'll be spoken about there and do that. One man heard me one time. He took me serious. So he went home and recorded a DVD of himself, okay, preaching the gospel, and he's going to have somebody plug it in and play it at his funeral, okay? Good idea? I like that. That was a good idea. I never thought about that, okay? But he, he said, I'm preaching at my funeral, okay? He's got a DVD ready to roll, okay, and do that. I thought it was a good idea. But he also was a bold man of God here. He spoke with his life here. But you can be here one moment and gone just like that. Okay, give me a verbal response, please, okay? Do you believe hell is a real place? You believe hell is an actual real place that people can really go to for all of eternity, yes or no? Okay, if you believe that and you have to hold that position with a biblical worldview, you have to hold that position, that means then you can never ask yourself the question, how can I share my faith with this person? The only question is, how can I not share my faith with this person? That's good for your notes. That, you're asking a completely wrong question. It's not how I can witness to somebody. How can I not share my faith with somebody? It wasn't how I could witness to Karen yesterday on the plane flight coming from Atlanta. Um, she was flying in from Denmark. Uh, she's a doctor in Denmark, come here to see her daughter in Palm Coast, who's also a medical doctor. Um, she grew up Protestant, completely walked away from it. And so now me and her got to talk about Jesus Christ, give her a book to read, she loves to read and then plant the seed. Because if I care about somebody, I'll share with that person. It wasn't how I could talk to Laura, my waitress last night in a restaurant, or Marie, the lady that was uh, the hostess of the restaurant about Jesus Christ. How could I not take the time to talk with them? Does that make sense what I said, yes or no? Make sense? Okay, yeah. So you have to think that way, all right? Now, you've heard about um, near-death experiences where people flatline and see white lights and tunnels, yes or no? Heard about those? Okay. During my times of witnessing and meeting people, I have now met uh, 30 or 31 people who flatlined, who saw the hell experience and not the heaven experience, okay? Just the opposite of the white lights and tunnels. Uh, you heard of uh, Charles Barkley, the basketball player, yes or no? Okay, we played on the same college team, the same university team together, Auburn, years ago. His younger brother flatlined. End of his saw a lake of fire he could feel the heat from. Ever heard of a lake of fire before, folks? Matthew 25, book of Revelation. I have more people tell me they flatline and see this lake of fire with this intense heat coming off of it, okay? This isn't a game. That's real business, okay? We had two EMTs pull a guy out of a car. They're pumping on his chest. He's screaming, fire, fire, flames, flames, flames. There's no fire. Car's not on fire. He's not on fire. They don't know what's up. They just keep working on the dude. Fire, fire, flames, flames, flames. Flatlines and dies, Ready for this? Both EMTs, both atheists, both said they could smell a burning sulfur smell as the man flatlined and died. Both said it was supernatural. Both said it was hell. They never believed it existed until that day. Okay? This isn't a game. Okay? Alabama versus Texas A&M today, that's a game. Okay? That's a game. All right? The moment you meet the most high God, 
or you die without Jesus Christ, game is up. Game is up big time, okay? Um, craziest story of all, I met a lady, her husband died. They paddled, nothing where he died. Pulled all the wires out, wheeled him off in a gurney, left him in the hallway, he's dead. Ready for this? 15 minutes later, whoop, he sits up on the gurney 15 minutes later, okay? Four and a half minutes, your brain's what? Four and a half minutes being flatlined, your brain is what? It is brain dead and toast. That's exactly right, okay? You're done, okay? Uh, he was completely fine, lived years later. Tells his wife he goes down a dark tunnel. I have actually heard this from more than one person. Not a white light, a dark tunnel. Vapor fog. Can see and hear people screaming in this fog in hell. People always tell me the one thing they seem to remember years and years later are the screams they heard. Matter of fact, some people describe it as weeping and wailing and what? gnashing of teeth. That's exactly the words they use, okay, when they hear that, and they can't get it out of their head. Down, down, all of a sudden, shoop, two hands of light grabbed him, uh, told his wife later he knew it was Jesus, the light of the world had shown up, okay? Folks, uh, do you realize the right answer is Jesus Christ, yes or no? Do you know the right answer for America is Jesus Christ, yes or no? Yes or no? Do you know the right answer for Russia is Jesus Christ? Yes. United States of America, the country you live in, you choose to live in. The United States of America is the number one country in the world in murder, number one country in the world in rape, uh, number one country in the world with people in prison. Two years ago, we just passed another country. Who was that country? It was Russia. We passed Russia two years ago. Number one country in the world with abortion by choice. Abortion by force is what country? Speak. China. China has now aborted 330 million babies. They have murdered 330 million babies. The United States of America is only 310 million people. So drive around some time and then think about all these people completely wiped out and gone. That's what China's done. Okay? But America does it by choice. Okay? Number one country in the world in divorce, United States of America. And because of the Hollywood industry and the music industry, America takes its sin and pushes its sin all across the world. Okay? True statement, and I say it at American churches in front of, or you're American kids, but, you know, in front of just U.S. all the time churches as well. The United States of America is the most nasty, disgusting, filthy, despicable country that has ever existed in the history of planet Earth, bar none. Bar none. Okay? At the exact same time, 90% of all missionaries... And 95% of all missionary money to take the gospel to the ends of the earth comes from one country. Want to take a wild guess what the name of that country is? What is it? United States of America. Okay. There is a battle on for the soul of this country, yes or no? Yes or no? This country's crazy right now. It is, it is raging right now. This is a fascinating time to be alive. This battle's going on. But you folks who play sports, isn't it fun to practice all week? then sit on the bench on Friday night. Don't you love it? No. no, you didn't do that. You practice all week to get in the game. 
Listen to me. There's a serious game going on in this country right now for the soul of this country. America's about to crash and burn, or it's about to have a revival for the Lord Jesus Christ, one of the two. Okay, it is wild down here right now. And you get a choice how you want to play in this game. Do you want to sit on the sidelines and keep your mouth shut? Or do you want to get in the game and open your mouth and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ? Okay, that's a choice you have to make. But once these people die without Jesus, it's too late. I can't help you at that point and do that. Grabbed that man, pulled him up, 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 up. <coughs> Excuse me. Up, 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 up. Hit the top of the tunnel. That's when he pops up on the gurney 15 minutes later. She told me, she asked her husband the question, Honey, what was the worst part of that experience? And you think it's anything I just mentioned, not what the man said. The man said the worst part of the experience was, ready for this? He couldn't bring anybody out of there with him. Okay? Do you remember the account of rich man and Lazarus, Luke 16? Remember that? Once judgment set heaven or hell, you shall be there forever and ever and ever, and there's no crossing over from one side to the other. Okay, so one, are you sure you're born again and saved? Are you positive? The Bible says test yourself, examine yourself, prove that you have the faith. Teenagers, question for you. Can you fake out your youth pastor and convince them you're saved and not be saved, yes or no? Y youth, yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Young people, can you fake out your mom and dad that you're born again and saved and not really be saved? Yes or no? Careful. That game is being played a lot in America. The moment you take a last breath, though, game's up. Game is serious up. Careful. Don't play a game with this. This is something to be very serious about. Okay? Can you die today? Yes or no? Yes. Anyone, if you've had someone die at your high school or junior high, raise your hand up. If you had someone die at your high school, yeah, look at all these hands up. It doesn't matter where I go. I just spoke to a 40-person boarding school, 40, 40 kids. Anyone die in the last year? They all raised their hands up. They, one of their students died uh, just a few months earlier. Doesn't matter. You can die. The question is, where are you going? Okay. And then once you know you're saved, the question is, what are you doing to make sure you're stopping people from going to hell? There's only one way to do that when they get born again and saved by Jesus Christ. That's what we're here to do, the one thing we can't do in heaven. Okay, first thing we're to think about is time. Time is precious. goes by quick. I wish us older people could convince you young people how quick life goes by. Is that right, older people? wish we could convince you how quick it goes by. We can't. Because you couldn't have convinced me when I sat in that seat when I was a 16, 17, 8-year-old kid. You couldn't convince me of that. Okay, life scoots by so quickly. Seniors in high school, raise your hand up. Seniors in high school. Okay. Four years of high school go quick, yes or no? Yeah, it goes quick, yeah. And your senior year is about to scoot. It's about to go very fast. Next you know you're sitting in a college somewhere. Like, where did it all go? Time goes by fast. Are you using it wisely for the Lord Jesus Christ? Okay, now that's what we're going to talk about this morning as we open up our Bibles and stuff. But we've got to do much more than talk about sharing our faith. We need to what? Don't need to talk about it. We need to what? Just do it. Just need to share it. Open up our mouths and talk. We're going to teach you how to do that. So when you walk out of here this afternoon, you'll be able to witness to anybody you want to all the days of your life. If you want to. If you don't, then you can just sit here in America and take up space. Okay, but we don't need any Russian kids here in America taking up space. We don't need any Christians just taking up space in America. We need you doing something for the Lord, doing something big time for the Lord. Okay, 
That's what we're going to talk about. So let's pray as we open up our Bibles. Father, thank you so much for just a great chance to be here. Father, thank you for the um, really good turnout, Father. I thank you so much for... Okay, some of you want to stand up. That's okay. That's fine if you want to do that. Father, I thank you so much for just a good chance to be here. And I already can sense, Father, the respect that people have for you in the room. But, Father, if we truly respect you, we'll obey what you tell us to do. And you tell us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So, Father, take some truths out of the, out of the scriptures today. Hit our hearts hard as young people and adults that we're going to walk out of here a lot bolder than we walked in. Holy Spirit, do something special on these kids' lives, and we're going to thank you for that, and we do. And we ask it in the great name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay? All right, grab your Bibles. All right, now, hold up your Bible for me. Got these. If you're on electronic, go ahead and hold that up as well. If you've got your pad or your phone, that's fine, too. Okay, hold it up for me real quick. Okay, now, a couple things. One, if you have a pad or a phone, uh, just your Bible app, nothing else. No texting, no websites. Don't play with me because I'll, I'll say something. Trust me, okay? Now, eyes up here real quick. Uh, we're about to open up this book, okay? Listen to me. A little simple thing to remember, okay? Be careful. Be very careful before you open up this book, okay? This book is literally changing lives all across the world, Okay, literally changing lives in Russia. That's why it was so hard to get these into Russia back in the day. Okay, because when you open up and read this book, it changes lives. This is why there's a battle in our schools, because they took the Bible out of our schools back in the 60s and stuff. And America's been on a downhill slide ever since that. Okay, be careful. When you open up this book, all right, this isn't a magazine. This isn't a fiction book. This isn't an app. This isn't a website. This is the Word of God, okay? This is the most important book that's ever been written in the history of the world. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the grass may wither, the flowers may fade, but the Word of God shall, what? Endureth forever. This book will be in heaven one day. You'll see this book in heaven. And when you get to heaven, you don't want to have to take a remedial Bible 101 in heaven. You don't want to take that class, okay? You'd like to teach the class maybe, but not take the class, okay? You want to know this book. Do you understand? That's why Satan denigrates this book more than any other book that's out there. I've written four books. The best compliments I get on any of my books are thanks for using so much Scripture, okay? Some people may not open up the Bible, but open up a book, right? And that's how you can get Scripture into people's lives and do that, okay? So we're about to open up this book, okay? But be what? Be careful, okay? Might just change your life this morning as well, okay? Going to go to the book of Ezekiel. So open up your Bibles. If you, hit the, if you open up in the middle, what book will you hit? Hit the book of Psalms, okay? Head towards the New Testament. You're going to hit a bunch of big books. And there are Jeremiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Daniel's floating around there somewhere. And we're looking for Ezekiel. And we're going to go to Ezekiel 33, Ezekiel 33, and we're going to start in verse 1. Ezekiel 33 and verse 1. Okay, uh, we're going to do verses 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. So raise some hands up for me. Give me some volunteers to read those, please. Uh, Ezekiel verses 1, 2, 
three, four, five, six. So uh, just raise a hand up for me. Who wants to volunteer for that, please? Okay. All right. I got one hand up. All right. All right. Uh, hands down. Okay. All you young people, raise your hands up for me. Raise your hands up. Young people, raise your hands up for me. Every young person, raise your hand up for me, please. Okay. Just want to make sure they work. Fantastic. Okay. Now, raise a hand up and tell me why, when I ask for a volunteer, tell me why we don't volunteer. So pop some hands up. Tell me why we don't volunteer when someone asks for a volunteer to do that. Pop some hands up for me, please. Why don't we volunteer? Okay. Why? Okay, very good. Uh, do you ever worry about if you don't speak loud enough or you might mess up on a word, remember? Now, I am asking Old Testament, so always be careful, Old Testament. There's those big old names in the Old Testament, so maybe not raise your hand there. But uh, New Testament, we, 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 or maybe we don't have the perfect radio voice, right? Maybe we have the, maybe we have the face for radio, but not really the, the voice for radio, you know, one of those things. And uh, um, wait a minute. Didn't God wire you this way with your voice and your look? Here's a very good thing to remember. God wired me this way. God's going to use me this way. Very simple thing to remember in life. God wired me this way. God's going to use me this way. Too many times you look in the mirror and you want to change what you see in the mirror. No. No. God wired me this way. God's going to use me this way. In California, one of the top graduation gifts in California is plastic surgery for girls. Okay? Because you look in the mirror and you don't like what God did, so let's change it. Young men, number one use for steroids for teenage boys is not sports. What's it for? To look good so, so some girl's going to like it. That's exactly right. Okay? How sad our culture's become. I just spoke in North Carolina. On the front row, I got two boys sitting here um, that were deaf. Okay, if I remember correctly, they were twins. They were deaf. So they spoke like deaf people do. Didn't have a really super good voice, let's just say. Every single time I asked for volunteers, these boys raised their hand up every single time. They would stand up and read the scriptures and stuff. So when we finally took a break, I went over to meet these kids. I wanted to know who they were. And um, they were brothers. I'm pretty sure they were twins, if I remember right. We're talking, these kids love Jesus Christ, love the Lord. They'd be on street corners handing out gospel tracts, verbally witnessing to people, okay? And yet they spoke like deaf kids did. They loved Jesus Christ. They had a very simple motto. God wired me this way. God's going to what? Use me this way. And what they didn't realize was is when they got up there and spoke with not the perfect voice, it challenged everybody else who had the better voice. Well, wait a minute. How come those boys can stand up and I can't do it here? See that? So if you don't have the perfect, so to speak, you actually challenge other people to stand up and be bold, okay? Very good point. Hands up. Why don't we raise our hands up and volunteer? Why don't we volunteer? Hands up for me, please. Yeah, we always worry what people think about us all the time and do that, okay? Uh, nod your head. Do you worry about that? Yes or no? Yes? Okay, uh, take your Bibles, go to, uh, hold your, put your finger there, at Ezekiel 33, okay, or put something there, your notes, and then go to the, the Gospel of John, go to the Gospel of John, go to the Gospel of John, and go to 12, uh, verse 12, I'm sorry, chapter 12, so go to John 12, and go to verse 42, So John 12, Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. 
Go to John chapter 12 and go to verse 42. And watch what it says. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. Who's him? Jesus Christ. But lest they should be put out of the synagogue. See, a friend of mine, she goes to Israel every year to witness to the Jews. And by the way, do you know who probably, and she tells me this, and I found this out personally myself, the most open Jewish people to Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Do you know who are the most open Jews? Which ones? Which ones? No, they're actually the Russian Jews. The Russian Jews I have found to be the most open when I run to them in uh, airports and stuff. And when she goes to Israel to witness, she always finds the Russian Jews the most open to talk about, is Yeshua the Messiah, Mashiach or not, okay? Um, so think about that. But see, they knew if they stood up for Jesus Christ, they were going to be kicked out of the synagogue. Now, a synagogue wasn't a church. It was more than a church. It was your business contacts. It was your social club. It was going to cost you something. By the way, if you stand up for Jesus Christ, can it cost you something? Yeah. May lose some friends. Teacher may mark you down on a, on a grade on a paper. We've seen that happen as well. Okay, so remember when you read your Bible, this is good for your notes. When you read your Bible, don't read a verse. Read verses, plural. Don't read a text. Read a context. Read, look at the very next verse. Watch what it says. For they love the praise of who? Men more than the praise of who? God. You have to make a choice, young people. You've got to make a choice. You're here to please men or you're here to please God. If you want to hear the moment you die, well done in my good and faithful servant. If you want to hear that, raise your hand up when you die. If you want to hear that. Okay, remember something. Only God can say that. If you don't hear that from Jesus Christ, you never heard that. I have people email me, uh, Mark, well done, my good and faithful servant. You're I said, forget it. Forget that email. Don't even pay attention to it. Okay? Because if Jesus doesn't say it the moment I die, uh, it doesn't matter who said it. Does that make sense what I said? Yeah. Only he can give a thumbs up on your life. No one else can do that. But he can also give a thumbs down that you didn't live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Good points. Both. Okay, what else? What holds us back from raising our hands up and do it? Anything else hold us back? Okay, you have a Russian Bible, okay? And that young man from Northport can interpret right there. He was helping me during the songs, okay? So you can read in Russian, and then you'll interpret. Thank you. And uh, do that, okay? Um, you can read in Russian. I don't care. I'm looking for volunteers and do that. All right, anything else hold us back? Okay. If not, then when I ask for volunteers, how many hands should go up? How many? All of us should. Okay, now I know some ladies that will hold back and let men step up and be leaders, and that's okay as well. Because we need men to step up and be leaders. Is that correct? Is that correct? Yes. Ladies, before you ever say I do to some man, you are not looking for a wimpy Christian male to say I do to. Uh, those boys are a dime a dozen. You can find them everywhere in America. You're looking for a rock-solid man of God that'll be the head of the household and be a strong husband and a strong father to your kids, teach them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that correct, ladies? Yes, you have 310 million people here. Uh, you can find one of those. They're out there, okay? Maybe not in this room, but you can find one and do that, okay? But young men, be one of those men, right? Young ladies, don't pray to get married. Pray to marry 
a solid, solid, solid man of God. And then one day men, okay, when you speak with their parents one day, they can say, oh, mom and dad, this is the one we've all been praying for because they fit that mold perfectly. Is that correct, young men? Yeah, we're looking for people who stand up and are strong and not scared to be bold for the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? All right, go back to Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel 33, and I lost my spot. Ezekiel 33, and volunteers for verses uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Hands up for me, please. Awesome, okay. One, two, three, right there. Young lady, four, right there. Young man, right there, uh, behind, five. And then blue shirt, six, okay, all right? Okay, verse one. Let's go ahead and stand up and nice and loud. Okay, again, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, in 2013, what's the number one way you get the word of the Lord is what? What's the number one way you get the word of the Lord in 2013 is what? The Bible. This is the number one way you get it in 2013. Be careful. The Bible says in the end of days, there's going to be false Christs, false prophets, and false teachers. Those are all false what? Religious people. In the days to come, be much more concerned about religious folk than non-religious folk. Why? When someone's a religious person, you usually take your guard and you drop your guard, and that's when the false teaching gets in. Okay, so one thing I teach all the time is guards up. Put your guards up today, okay? Most of you don't even know who I am. All right, you test everything I say against this book. Does this make sense? Okay, you test all the books I've written against this book. All right, this is the book that has stood the test of time. This book will be in heaven. It stood the test of time. This is the one you test everything against. Matter of fact, the Bible says in the end of days, an anti-Christ is going to show up, okay? Christ means anointed one. Anti doesn't necessarily mean against. It can also mean in place of, okay? So it's going to be somebody in place of the anointed one. Who's the anointed one? What's his name? It's Jesus, exactly. So it's going to be a false Jesus Christ. Watch. Thessalonians says that this false Jesus Christ will do lying signs and wonders. He's going to do miracles. You're going to follow the miracle, lead you to the miracle. You'll follow the miracle worker because you see the miracles. He's going to lead you away from the cross of Jesus Christ. But watch. Deuteronomy 13 already tells me something in verses 1 through 5. I, God, may send you a miracle worker right in front of you just to test you. Will God send us tests, yes or no? All the time. Test us all the time. Just to test you, will you still follow me as God or will you follow the miracles to the miracle worker to a false God? See, I already know it says it in Deuteronomy, so I'm ready for it down here later in the days if we're alive when the Antichrist shows up. You see what I'm saying? Guards up. Does that make sense? Guards up every single Sunday, every single Wednesday, your guards up in your classrooms in school. Guards up protects you from the danger, okay? Now watch, verse 2. Okay, excellent, okay? The key word's watchman. The one word I want stuck in your head before this morning session is done is the word watchman. What does it mean? What does it mean to be a biblical watchman and then us, each one of us, being biblical watchmen when we walk out, okay? Verse 3.
Excellent, okay. So the watchman has a trumpet. He blows the trumpet to warn the people. Verse 4. Okay, so when you hear the sound, you hear the warning, you have to make a decision. Very good. Okay, verse 5. Okay, think about that. He had to make a decision. And a good thing for your notes is actions have consequences. Actions have consequences. Actions have consequences. If you obey your parents... Okay. Does that have consequences, yes or no? Yeah, usually what? Good or bad? Oh, good ones, yeah. But if you disobey your parents, does that have consequences? Yeah, usually the wrong kind. Okay. If you decide to drink and drive, those actions will have consequences, correct? Yes, good or bad? Bad. That's a choice you get to make. So when I was pulled over by an officer last night in Palm Coast... Uh, as I was driving, I went the wrong way down a one-way street. I tried to explain to him the sign was in Russian, and I couldn't read it, but he didn't believe me. And uh, so, uh, no, that didn't happen. And uh, so he pulls me over. I went the wrong way, and uh, I didn't realize it. He's a really nice guy. I started chit-chatting, talking. Um, I didn't get a ticket, which was really nice, uh, and do that. I was very thankful. I wasn't drinking and driving, right? Wouldn't be here today. Okay, actions have consequences, but I was very friendly to the man, got to witness to the man, and before we finished, he ends up taking one of my books, um, got to give him a book and witness to him and shook a hand when we were done, okay? So it was just an opportunity in front of us, okay? But actions have consequences, good or bad, okay? So make sure you're living your life that's going to have good consequences. Now watch verse 6. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Okay, the watchman has an important job here. Okay, this is what it was back in the day. Back in the day, you didn't have CNN and Fox News and satellites. You didn't have drones. Okay, so you built walls around your city is what you did. And you chose watchmen to stand up on the wall, and they had a very simple job, look in the distance. That's all they did. And they saw an army come to the rise. They'd pull the trumpet out, blow the trumpet, warn the people in the city trouble was coming. They'd see a big uh, dust cloud, and there'd be horses or chariots, so they'd pull the trumpet out, blow the trumpet, warn the people in the city trouble was coming. Now, it's the watchman's job to go down the ladder, uh, go in the city, put everyone's armor, Uzis, knives, and staves on. Was that their job? No. See trouble coming, pull the trumpet out, blow the trumpet, warn people trouble's coming. Okay, let's say we did the same thing. Uh, let's say we built a wall around Palm Coast, okay? Because you and I both know we can't trust those people from Moscow, and uh, Moscow, right? Or St. Petersburg, right? Yeah, don't go anywhere near that, okay? So you built a wall around your city to, to, to protect your city. Now, is this an important job, yes or no? Yes or no? Done incorrectly can cost the entire city its life. Okay, so raise some hands up. Pretend we're a classroom. What are, I used to be a teacher, so just pretend we're a classroom. What are certain qualities you would want in any watchman you would ever choose to stand up on the wall to protect your city. Okay, so raise them. What are qualities you want from any watchman? Young man? Oh, honest. That's a good one. Okay, you want honesty because what you have, matter of fact, um, uh, in, in China, the underground church in China, we were over there years ago sneaking Bibles into the country and stuff, 
And what, what the underground church does, they take the police. Uh, we call them greenies. I always wore green coats, but they're called the PSB. I think it's Police State Bureau or something. And they take one of those people and they join your house church. Okay? Come to your youth events. Raise their hands up. Sing the songs. Okay? Uh, in Chinese, Russian, English, just sing the songs. Okay? Hang out there. Go to your little lunches afterwards. All right? Hang out for eight or nine months. Get everybody's name and address. Disappear. Later that week, all the police come in and arrest the entire house church is arrested later that week. See, they were not honest. They were not, what's the other word? Starts with a T. They were not trustworthy. Very good. We're not trustworthy. That's why the Bible says in Matthew, 2 Corinthians, and James, it says, let your yes be yes, and your what? No be no. Okay? Very simple nugget of truth. Good for your notes. Okay? If your word's good, you're good. God can use you. If your word is no good, listen to me now, you are no good, and God cannot use you. Okay? Isn't this true as parents and stuff? Don't we give our kids coaches? Don't we give our kids little things? So I can trust you with little things. I can trust you with what? Big things. But if I can't trust you with little because you're not honest, I can't trust you with big. Excellent point, okay? Hands up. What are certain qualities you want in anybody we put up there? Yeah. A good vision. Very good. Because um, you want to make sure that it's an enemy flag and not a, um, and not a, a friendly flag. Because if you blow the trumpet a few times and it's not the enemy, then when it's the real deal, people wouldn't get ready. If you ever study war, um, there's a thing called, who's ever heard the term false flag operations? Ever heard false flag operations? Anyone know? It's a very common practice in war. And what they do in war is, uh, for instance, the, the, the Spaniards would attack England, but they put a French flag up. And the English go, oh, those French, okay, and then go attack France. But it was the Spaniards the whole time, okay? It happens currently in today's world. Matter of fact, you ever study World War II? Um, Hitler rose to power uh, when the Reichstag building burned down. Okay? It was blamed upon the communists, and that's how the National Socialist Party kind of coalesced their power, and they rose to superpower. Oops, it came out just a short time later that Hitler had the Reichstag building burned down, blamed it on someone. It's called a false flag operation. So I need someone with good vision that can tell the difference. Very good point. Hands up. What are certain qualities you want? Yes, sir. What's that? Oh, that's a good one. Focused. Someone's focused. All right? Because if the enemy comes at 3 a.m., I can't have you sleeping, right? This ain't lazy folk job. I need you focused because you're, in matter of fact, you might be there night after night after night. And it may not happen to the third shift, the third year of your being a watchman. Excellent point. Hands up. What are certain qualities? In the back? A diligence, very good. Okay, this is someone that's going to persevere. Okay, this is someone who's just that, that, that narrow-minded, focused person, diligent, someone you can count on and do that. Okay, what's another quality? What's another one we would need? Young man? A responsible. Okay, is this person responsible? Because if you're not responsible, trust me, I would never choose you, ever choose you to protect my city and my family, okay? What's another quality? A good lungs, very good, okay? Um, you don't, you, or someone said in one place, someone who knows how to play the trumpet, right? You, you want to pick it up, it's like, how does this thing work, okay? Um, was that the first time he's conducted an orchestra before? No, you could watch. He's done that many times. You could tell it was very comfortable when he was up there doing that, okay? But if you ever study the scriptures, the Bible says there's different sounds to the trumpet, right? Some called you for war. Some called you for assembly. Some called you for uh, church, 
Okay, so you have to play the right sound. Good point. Okay, what's one other quality we would want? Yes, ma'am? What's that? I didn't hear what you said. Okay, brave. Very good. I want somebody that doesn't care what people think about them. Because if it's 3 a.m. and you have to blow the trumpet and mama's down there, right? Ooh, mom might be mad if I wake her up and I'm wrong, right? No, 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 no. Mama wants a boy that's brave, willing to stand up, okay, because it's the right thing to do. I was in, uh, last year I spoke, anyone seen Alcatraz? Alcatraz, like on the internet, seen a picture of Alcatraz prison? I spoke in Rhode Island last year in a prison that looked just like Alcatraz, looked exactly the same. Found out when they dug up Alcatraz, they took these big stones and brought them over to Rhode Island, they built this prison. So when I walk in this prison, it was, looked just like Alcatraz. So I'm giving this talk, maximum security prison, so all these hardened criminals, giving this talk in front of all these iron tables. There's a man standing, he raises his hand up. Yes, criminal, okay? He said, love. I said, love? What do you mean love? He said, I want to make sure the watchman loves the people in this city enough that no matter what time it is or what might be happening, he cares so much about them that he'll blow the trumpet to make sure they're ready for battle. He said, love. Good answer. I give this talk many times Sunday morning at churches, and I ask churches. I have never had that answer once in a church. I got it in a maximum security prison last year in Rhode Island. Okay, think about that for a second. Now, think about all those qualities. Shouldn't those all qualities we have as Christians, yay? Think about that. Do you have those qualities? If you have those qualities, God's going to use you. If you don't have those qualities, I'm big on encouragement. Today is a new day. Start today having those qualities because God wants to use you, but you have those good qualities, God will use you. Okay? Now, go to verse 7. Watch where the whole thing changes. So give me some volunteers, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. So five volunteers. Five new volunteers, please. Seven right there. Uh, right there, young lady. You want to try? Okay, eight right there in the shirt. You're eight. Yes, ma'am, you're eight. She's seven in front. Nine right there. Okay, sir in the back is 10. And 11 right there. Okay? Okay, seven. Okay, you've heard a word from God. What are you going to do with that word from God? Keep it to yourself or warn somebody. Verse 8. Oh, my. God's getting serious here. If you know what you're supposed to do and you don't do it, I'll require that blood at whose hand? Thine means your, your hand. God takes being a watchman very, very serious. Okay? The question is, are we going to start taking it serious this day forward? Okay? Ten. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait, wait. What did I do? Seven, eight, nine. I'm sorry. Nine. Excellent, okay. See, even if you warn somebody and they don't pay attention to you, that's okay. You have done your job. Okay, 10. So if we rot away in our sins, how should we then live? Verse 11. 
Thank you, okay. Verse 11 is powerful. Say unto them as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. It is not a good day for God when Adolf Hitler takes his last breath and dies and goes to hell. It was not what God created him for. It's not a good day for God, okay? When Idi Amin and Pol Pot, Joseph Stalin and Lenin take a last breath and die and go to hell. It was not what God created them for, okay? Um, Steve Jobs, you know the name Steve Jobs? Okay, Steve Jobs sold one of his companies for $400 million. Steve Jobs sold one of his companies for $8 billion. I haven't mentioned Apple yet. Uh, my Bible is simple as can be, clear as a bell. What does it profit a man if he gains what? The whole world, yet what? Loses his soul. What a terrible, terrible trade-off. When Steve Jobs died, uh, it's probably a couple years ago now, um, at that moment, there had been 16 billion songs downloaded off of iTunes. How many of those songs do you think glorified the God that he stood in front of on that day? I don't think it's going to be so hot. We'll teach you this afternoon how to witness to people. I'm in Detroit Airport last year, and the guy has the Steve Jobs autobiography. He's got a big picture of Steve Jobs on the front. So he's standing next to me. So I just reached over. I tapped the book. I said, what do you think? Man looked at me and said, absolutely one of the meanest men I have ever read about in my life. He was well-known for firing people on the spot. Well-known. Well-known uh, for making people work Christmas. Now, he wasn't a Christian, but that's still family time, correct? Well-known for it. Steve Jobs was well-known for stealing other people's ideas and putting them into his products. Well-known for it. Thou shall not steal. Okay? What's the symbol for Apple? Apple with? A bite out of it. Where's the only place in all of recorded history you ever find a piece of fruit with a bite out of it? Where? That's the book of Genesis in the Holy Bible. That has been a symbol of rebellion against God for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. Yet, that's the symbol he chose for his company. Okay? Why not a whole apple? Why not the word apple? Why not an apple tree? Anyone know? Raise a hand up if you know. Anyone know how he even got the name Apple for his company? Anyone know? Anyone know? He got into a certain musical group. Anyone know the musical group he got into? They were called the Beatles. And the Beatles were put together by Apple Records over in England, and that's how he got the name for his company. Okay, uh, raise a hand up. Anyone know the religious faith of Steve Jobs before he died? No, it was not Buddhist. It was Hinduism. Okay, anyone know how he got into Hinduism? Okay, he got into a certain musical group. Do anyone know the name of the group? Anyone know the name? Yeah, I just told you. I'm a school teacher. Okay, I teach you, then I ask later what I asked, told you earlier. So what was the name of the group? The Beatles. The Beatles went to India on a trip, got into the Maharishis and the yogis, and, the, and all came back with Hinduism, and that's how he got into Hinduism. Young people, give me an answer, please. Is music powerful, yes or no? Yes. Careful. Careful. I'm seeing more of you young people destroyed by what's on your iPod. 
destroyed, and you don't even know how slow the destruction is. Okay? All Satan wants is a hook. Just wants a hook, then he'll start the reeling process. Who's ever gone fishing before? Who's gone fishing? Okay. You can know you can take a little hook, but if you get it in what? The right place, you can bring in a big old fish, right? You get a hook in the side, it doesn't work because it'll wiggle off and it'll go off. Hook in the right place, the reeling process starts. That's all Satan wants. He wants a hook in your brain or a hook in your heart. That's all he wants, just a hook. Just start reeling, just start reeling. Last year, I'm flying out of Jacksonville. Next to me is a Navy guy. Start witnessing to him. Pretty strong in his faith, really strong in his faith. Had an iPod. I said, sir, more Christian music on, the, on that iPod or more secular music on that iPod? What was his answer? He said, sir, 100% secular rap music. I said, can I give you a piece of advice? He said, sure. I said, I would take that iPod, go find the nearest trash can you can find, drop that puppy in there, and get on with your life. Okay? Careful, young people. I, I've only had one person ever tell me there was more Christian music on there than secular music. You better be careful. That music gets in your system, and all the theme of it does, and it starts the reeling process. Drop it in a trash can. Listen to that type of music right there. Listen to that music. Listen to uh, symphony music. Okay, I love classical music now. I used to hate this stuff. Love it, love it, love it. You can listen to it 24-7. Peaceful, calm, gorgeous music. Oh, my, 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 my. Matter of fact, many people who get the heaven experience when they die, they always come back and talk about the music that they heard up there. Peaceful, joyous, will be forever and ever and ever. Be careful, okay? My question is, who witnessed the Steve Jobs? Who was the watchman? I know of a man who worked for Steve Jobs, walked into his office, sat at his desk, and shared Jesus Christ with him. Mr. Jobs wanted nothing to do with it, zero. Did that man do his job, yes or no? Yes, he did. He was the watchman. He did his job. He blew the trumpet. His choice, what he does with that. When Mr. Jobs died, one week later, uh, his sister publicly came out one week later, and this is what she said. When he was on his deathbed, he said goodbye to all his kids, goodbye to his sister, said goodbye to everybody. He looks above their heads. He starts looking in the distance. He went, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. Flatlined and died. He saw something before he died. It was not a good oh, wow. I don't believe so at all. Okay, but that man did his job. Okay? As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what we do. We talk to the Karens of the world on plane flights. We talk to Laura's and the Marie's at the restaurant last night. That's what we do. We pull the trumpet out, blow the trumpet, warn people trouble's coming. Okay? I was in a, um, on a plane flight going to Newark, New Jersey. Who's heard of New Jersey? Awesome. And uh, so I'm going to Newark. I have a guy sitting next to me. He worked for the CIA. Okay? So I kept asking him all these questions he couldn't answer. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I was trying to pick his brain on, like, big things, conspiracy theories and stuff, and he just, I didn't have a high enough security clearance or something. And uh, so we're talking back and forth. Then in the conversation, he tells me that he's an agnostic. Okay, now, two things. If you're taking notes, write these down. If you learn these two things, you'll be ahead of 90 to 95% of all people when it comes to sharing your faith. Two things. First thing is this, sharing your faith is not a presentation. Sharing your faith is a conversation. Very easy, simple thing to remember. Sharing your faith is not a presentation. Sharing your faith is a conversation. Okay, Jesus had a conversation with the woman at the well. He had a conversation with the rich young ruler. 
Paul had a conversation with uh, Felix. He had a conversation with uh, King Agrippa. Okay, so we just go out and have conversations, and then during the conversation, we present things during the conversation. Does that make sense, yes or no? Yes? Okay, now can all of us have conversations? We do it all the time. I was watching you Russians chit-chat with each other. We just, we just do. We, we talk all the time, okay? And you talk with people, and then during the conversation, you present things during the conversation. Other thing to remember is people love accents. I love accents. I'm always walking to people in airports there with accents. Last night at the hotel, there, I'm sorry, at the restaurant, there was a guy, Mark, from Quebec, Canada. He had this great French accent. So I went over and started chit-chatting, and then I got to talk to him and his wife, got to witness to him, give him a book and stuff. So, so accents, that's an advantage sometimes. People are looking for that. It's fun to chat with people with accents, to learn things about different people, different cultures, okay? So we have the conversation, then we present things during the conversation. Now, the other thing to write down is if somebody says something and you don't know what it means, just ask them, okay? He told me he was an agnostic. So then you just say, hey, what do you mean by agnostic? Well, I'm an atheist. What do you mean by atheist, all right? Um, some people will tell you, I believe in evolution. Well, what do you mean by evolution? There's two different branches of evolution. One we're totally okay with. One is completely against the scriptures, okay? But you don't know that until you ask them which direction it is, okay? If someone tells you they're a Christian, what's a good question to ask? Or what do you mean by Christian? That would be a good question. Okay. Um, many people will tell you, have you heard the one that I'm a good person? Have you heard that one? Okay, we'll teach you this afternoon how to bust through that this afternoon, okay? Um, some people tell you they go to church. All right. Uh, does going to church make you a Christian? No. Uh, does going to the garage make you a car? No. Going to McDonald's today make you a hamburger? No, okay, I'm glad you go to church, hope it's a good one, okay, but it doesn't make you something, okay? Now watch, agnostic basically means they're in the mushy middle, okay? Haven't seen enough evidence to push them to believe in God, enough evidence to push them not to believe in God, they're just kind of in the middle. That's what agnostic basically means, okay? Watch what happened. We're talking back and forth. Then he tells me, Darren, oh, he said, I was on flight 93, September 11th, 2001. And all of a sudden, my Rolodex went off in my head, and I'm like, wait a minute. That's the plane that went down where? <coughs> went down where? Pennsylvania, where everybody what? Died, but they're all still what? They're all still alive. Be careful. That's one of the lies of the world. The world's trying to tell you death means over with. Michael Jackson dead, Elizabeth Taylor dead, gone, over with. That's not what death means in the Bible. Death, it means just opening up the door to the other side. That's all death is. Matter of fact, in the King James Bible, it uses the word asleep many times for death. I think it's a great word for death, actually. Because if you're asleep, you eventually what? You wake up. You just wake up on the other side. Okay, so every funeral you go to, I speak at funerals. One of my students committed suicide, had to speak at his funeral. That young man is still alive. He's either alive in heaven or he's alive in hell, one of the two. Or I always tell you're either alive and well or you're alive in hell, one of the two. People are alive. Everyone that's died before you, when you go past the cemetery, you see all this, all those people are alive. They're just alive on the other side, depending on what they do with Jesus Christ. Does that make sense, yes or no? Okay. Um, so, uh, obviously, he wasn't physically on the plane because he's sitting next to me. Remember, that was a Tuesday morning on September, in 2001. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, uh, the Friday before, my boss called me up, 
and said, hey, Darren, I need you to get to California a day earlier. I need you to switch your flight to Monday, September 10th. He looked at me and said, I switched my flight to Monday, September 10th, flight 93. He said, Mark, on my wall is a picture frame with a ticket in there, flight 93, September 11th, 2001. Okay, he was this close to getting on that plane flight. Remember, he's an agnostic. So I said, uh, by the way, Darren, was that luck? Was that chance? Or was that God that kept you off the plane flight? He looked at me and said, yes, 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 okay. He knew something kept him off that plane flight, okay. I said, Darren, the reason God kept him off the plane flight was to hear the rest of the story. Here's the rest of the story. We talked about sin, repentance, the cross, the resurrection. Just laid it out for him, okay. Took the trumpet and blew the trumpet and warned him. Troubles. I said, do you like to read? He said, oh, love to read, okay. Gave him one of my books. I said, you need to search this out some more and then make your commitment and do that. So you see what you do? You just meet people. You pull the trumpet out. You blow the trumpet. You warn them. Troubles coming, their choice, what they do with the warning, okay? Um, just a little over a year ago, I'm on a plane flight going to Wichita, Kansas, and I have a guy sitting next to me, and we're just talking back and forth, Joe, and I don't have an in yet, okay? So we're going to teach you this afternoon how to get into a spiritual conversation. I don't have it yet, so this is all I did. You can write this down. This is a very easy one to use all the time. I just asked Joe, I said, hey, Joe, can I ask you an interesting question? What's everybody say? Yeah, sure. What do you got? Okay. People love it. I love an interesting question. Okay. So, hey, can I ask you an interesting question? Everyone says, sure. So that's an easy hook to get into a spiritual conversation. It just kind of opens up the door for you and do that. Okay. I said, Joe, when you were younger as a kid, did you grow up in religious faith or belief or tradition as a child? Did you grow up in religious faith or belief or tradition as a child? Okay. Now, 90 to 95% of all people say what? Yes. People grow up in something. Then I just go, now that you're older, any age group, works on a 17-year-old or a 70-year-old, doesn't matter. Now that you're older, is it more important to you or less important you've gotten older? Now, most people now say what? Less important. But as we're getting older, we're getting closer to what? Dying, so shouldn't it become more important? See how you walk? It's a very easy walk, all right? Watch what happened. Uh, Joe, can I ask you an interesting question? He said, yeah. I said, um, when you were younger as a kid, you grew up in a religious faith or belief or tradition as a child? He said, yes. He said, Methodist with a little edginess to his voice. I said, okay. I said, now that you're older, is it more important to you or less important? You got he said, less important, okay, with a definite edge to his voice, okay? So I just said, I said, Joe, did anything happen along the way to kind of push you away from God? He said, yes, it did, okay, with a most, most, most definite edge to his voice, okay? Now, if you ever get that, this is all I do, okay? If you ever get that from somebody. I said, Joe, if you feel comfortable, can you tell me what happened? Now, the reason I say it that way, if you feel comfortable, can you tell me what happened? Now, you ladies are usually much better at this than us guys are because you're caring about the person. Sometimes we're just trying to get a notch on our belt and get a soul that we, we blew the trumpet and hit him with the trumpet when we're done. You know, it's, we're, we're guys, we're crazy. Um, but as you begin to care about people, you begin to, I just want to give him an out because even if he doesn't tell me what happened, can I still blow the trumpet and warn him? Sure, I can still share the gospel with him. That's not a problem. But remember, for many people, you're their out. Many people want to get something off their what? Their chest. They want to talk about it, but they have to know I can say it to you. Okay? Joe, if you feel comfortable, can you tell me what happened? All of a sudden, he put his head down, bobbing it up and down, complete total silence. You ever had that awkward silence in a conversation where it gets awkward? Okay, yeah. Now, two things to remember. One, 
If you ever could videotape your conversation, it's never as long as you think it is, okay? I videotape some of my conversations. It's never as long as you think it is. It seems like it's eternity, right? It just seems so long. But just if they don't speak, you be quiet. Shut up. Mark just stops talking, okay? Because something's happening in the seat that I don't understand yet, okay? Let the Spirit of God just work on the person. Let's see what happens, okay? So he puts his hat. I'm sitting over here. I'm just sitting there quiet. And it got a little awkward. It was pretty long. I do this for a living. It was pretty long, conver- uh, pretty long silence. And uh, all of a sudden, he pulled his head up. He said, okay. He said, a stalker came after my daughter. We had to get the police involved. He said, the stalker came after my wife. We had to get the police involved. He said, the stalker came after... Uh, he, the stalker broke the restraining order, and he was arrested and thrown into juvenile detention center. He was a 17-year-old young man. Can 17-year-olds do wicked things? Yes or no? Wicked, evil things. Young people, adults, are you reaching the 17-year-olds on your campuses? Because if you're not, Satan is. Satan is all over the teenagers today. But I will show you some teenagers all across America flat, turning their high schools upside down for Jesus Christ. Love Jesus Christ. Do not fear what people think about them. They're not worried about that. Love Jesus Christ. If you're not reaching them, Satan is. Joe looked at me and said, one morning at 5 a.m., my daughter lets out a blood-curdling scream at 5 a.m. He comes running out of the bedroom. The stalker is standing in the middle of his house with a rifle in the middle of his house. Okay? He shot out the sliding glass door, walked into his house, and he's standing there 10 to 12 feet away uh, with a rifle 10 to 12 feet away. All right, think about it for a second. 5 a.m., your daughter, your sister screaming. You kind of be fuzzy-headed a little bit, but I bet you wake up pretty quick, though. I bet you wake up real quick. Gunman 10 to 12 feet away. What would you do? Gunman in your house 10 to 12 feet away. 5 a.m., your daughter's screaming, or your sister's screaming. Okay, young men or adults only? Uh, raise a hand up for me. Young men or adults only? What would you do? 5 a.m.? Got them in the house. Raise a hand up for me. Young men or men only? Raise your hand up for me. Okay, hands down. Hey, pretty good. I got about six hands up. That's a lot compared to some places I go. Many times it's zero hands up. Okay? Now, again, young ladies, I'm here to help you this weekend, okay? Um, I would actually, not only would I not marry any of these young guys over here, I wouldn't even look at them, okay? So just look the other way if they look at you, okay? Um, Because men, ladies pretty much, one of the things they look for in a man is somebody that will what? Protect them, okay? Why is it in America? I see ladies that will migrate towards military bases and go out with the biggest pagan on planet Earth as long as they know one thing, that man will what? Protect me? Think about that. We're men of God, correct? Correct? All that bullet can do is send me where I swear I want to go. Right? Right? 
Apostle Paul said in Philippians 1, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Gain? A cute little verse until you get to live it out one day. I had a gun pulled on me last year in Atlanta. Okay, interesting. I live, I live in a little bit of a rough area, so I knew it was going to happen at some point. I just was prepared in my head. Was I nervous, yes or no? Yes. Okay, but I was... I already had thought that way in my head. And before the whole encounter ended, I ended up walking towards this man. Okay? Because all that bullet can do is send me where I swear I want to go. Okay? Just might happen at a gas station one day where you're going to be your last breath. You don't know that. Okay? Men or young men? Raise your hand up. Gunman in your house. 5 a.m., daughter screaming, hand up for me. What would you do? Gunman in your house. What would you do? Back there. Okay. First reaction is to pray. Then what did you say about your daughter? Okay. Making sure if anything happens, it's going to be you and not her that happens. Okay. Does prayer work? Yes or no? We had a situation in Atlanta. Gunman broke into a hotel room. Husband and wife dropped to the floor, began to pray. Father, do not let this man die. Excuse me, he has the gun. You're on your knees. Do not let this man die. What are you talking about? And uh, it's a true story. Father, he's not ready to meet you. Do not let this man die. Gunman, oh, no, these are these crazy Christians. Out the door and gone. Whole thing ended just like that. Yeah, prayer works. It does. Okay, that was interesting that your first thought would be prayer. Because that's not always your, that's not always my first thought. That's very good to hear a young man say that. Okay, hands up. What would you do? Gunman in your house. What would you do? Okay, witness to the man. Okay, do you think you can talk people out of what they're about to do? Yes or no? It's happened numerous times. Numerous times it's happened, okay? Now, he might be crazy and it may not work, okay? But you're buying some time here, okay? And we've actually, some crazy stories to read about people who eventually put the gun down. People who won't commit suicide because someone talked them out of stepping off the ledge and stuff and do that, okay? But see, I don't want to be my first time witnessing that day. I'm going to be practicing well before that, so I'm ready to roll when that moment occurs and do that, okay? All right? Very good point. Hands up. What would you do? Gunman in your house. Young man? Ask him why, okay? Uh, why? Get him talking. Get him thinking about something else besides that. And remember, what's the name that has power over everything else? What's the name? Yeah, put the name Jesus out there because Jesus is going to be, in the name of Jesus, things change right before your eyes and do that. Okay, hands up. What's another thing you would do? Uh, young men on the end? Yeah? Panic? Okay. You might panic, but sometimes... When we're playing... I played college basketball. We played the University of Kentucky which is top dog, 24,000 people in a gym. Well, you're much more pumped than you are when you're playing Armstrong State or whatever, okay? So sometimes you get juiced up a little bit. That's not always a bad thing, okay? But you need God to take control so I don't panic and something bad happens here and do that, okay? Young man, what were you going to say? Keep the attention on you and not the daughter. It's a good thing to hear a man say. What would you do? Speak Russian to him. Okay. Prevet, you just say hello and what, give him a hug? Act crazy after that. Wait, didn't King David do that? King David did that. It worked good for King David, actually. Do that. Anything else you do? Anything else you do? 
Okay, because you, because of what's going on, you said you may not be able to function, so your natural instinct is to charge him. Um, yeah, I like that. One of my students, uh, uh, Matt, uh, he just told me that his, uh, they were in Saudi Arabia. His dad's a doctor in Saudi Arabia now. And they show live animals and things. They, that's a big thing in Saudi Arabia. They show tigers and panthers and stuff. Somehow, the, ti- the lion reached out and grabbed Matt's wife and started dragging his wife towards the lion. Okay? Um, his dad and his brother and Matt were there. Uh, did they do anything? Did they do anything? Yeah. Uh, one of them was on top of the lion. Uh, go, always go for eyes. So if you go for eyes, no matter what animal or person, eyes are extremely sensitive. So if you're in the, Medi- if you're in the Black Sea and a shark attacks you, uh, go for the eye, okay? Just to pop the eye real quick and do that. And uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be done with lunch at that moment, okay? So do that. And, uh, but they went right for the eye. And bingo, they got his wife back, Matt told me. But she has a huge scar on her leg where the claw got in there and did that, okay? Uh, Joe isn't a believer. I said, Joe, what'd you do? He said, I rushed this man. He ran straight for him. Two bullets to the stomach. I said, what'd you do, Joe? He said, I kept going. He tackled that guy. Uh, They were wrestling on the floor. He said it was extremely bloody. Uh, The guy slips out of his hands. Uh, He runs out the door. The police finally show up. They catch him at the end of the street. He's laying on the floor of his house. He said, wait a minute. He said, where's my wife at? He gets up. He goes to the front door, opens the front door. His wife is laying face down in the snow, shot and killed. Um, The gunman was waiting behind the bushes, shot and killed the wife, came to the back of the house, and that's how the rest of it played itself out. Joe looked at me and said, remember, conversations go what? What? They go both directions. Now, this is a good point. We'll teach you this afternoon what to do if you can't answer a question. But this is a good point. He's about to ask me something. I don't know if I can answer it, but it's a good point. He's trusting me with a, with a question here. He said, Mark, I have a question for you. I said, sure, Joe. He said, Mark, how can there be a God? How can there be a God with my wife who is dead and this man who's alive in prison in Ohio? How can there be a God? Legitimate question, yes or no? Legitimate question where I come from, okay? Bingo, we start talking. We're back and forth. He has all these great questions, and you and I have all these great what? Answers. Okay, we're going back and forth half the time. And then I finally said, so do you like to read? And that's a great question to ask anybody. Do you like to read? 90% of all people today still say what? Yes, as long as it's interesting. They say yes, as long as it's interesting. You give. So I said, do you like to read? He said, uh, no, I don't. So I gave him one of my books. And uh, I, uh, I don't give up easy. And I signed it for him. I gave it to him. When we landed in Wichita, Kansas, he was 55 pages into the book. He looked at me and said, man, this has really helped me answer my questions. Oops, there we go again. They have questions. You and I have what? That's why I don't want to get into a presentation with somebody. I want to get into a what? Conversation to help them answer their questions. Very simple, okay? Um, And do that. When we land in Wichita, he shook my hand twice, said, thank you so much for this conversation. Okay. Think about that for a second. Thank you so much for this conversation. Someone's going to thank you tonight when you witnessed them for taking the time out of your schedule to get into a conversation about Jesus Christ with them. Okay? Um, then he told me his biggest fear was 10 years from now because the guy got a 30-year prison sentence, but it happened 20 years ago. But the whole time I'm chatting with him, his whole face is saying it happened when? 
yesterday. It seemed, I, could, I mean, I thought it was like yesterday. It was 20 years ago. He got a 30-year sentence. He's scared in 10 years he's going to get out of jail and do what? Come after his, his daughter. That's exactly right. This man had no peace, zero peace. So we share with him who? The prince of peace. Simple. See, you have a trumpet. You don't have to blow the trumpet loud. I need to shout at Joe. Joe hurt, misses his wife, worried about his daughter. But Joe doesn't get to heaven because his wife was shot and killed. He gets to heaven when he repents of his sins and gets born again and saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I wrote a book called One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven. What's the one thing you can't do in heaven? You can't what? You can't witness to a lost person because why? N there are none. They're not going to be there. So if we're going to reach them, got to reach them where? Here, when? Now, okay, that's what the book is, all the basics on sharing your faith, how to break through the fear of rejection, good questions to get started. Uh, all my books are full of stories. So in this book, I got to share Jesus with um, a Satanist, an atheist, uh, Charles Barkley's in this book, Alex Rodriguez in this book, Michael Jordan's in this book. Why? I've met him before. And if I meet somebody, I throw a question out, get into a conversation. Tons of fun to do this, okay? Um, I can't tell you the number of people I've met who have read this book, put it down, boldly share their faith in Jesus Christ. Just break it down simple, all right? Um, have you heard of uh, Albert Pujols, the baseball player? Any of you heard of Albert Pujols? Okay, he's a very famous baseball player in America. Um, and we're friends, actually. He, we became friends over this book. He read this book. His people called and said, I would like to meet you, and we became friends. So watch what I did. He's the first baseman, St. Louis Cardinals at the time, but he's a very strong Christian. Okay, so we're sitting in my hotel after a game. Watch what I did. I said, Albert, I said, aren't you the first baseman? He said, yeah. Christian man, first baseman, Major League Baseball. I said, you ever thought about sharing your faith to people who come to first base, Albert? I said, they're standing right there, Albert. I said, they can't go anywhere, Albert. I said, all they can do is steal, and you can say, thou shalt not steal, Albert. Have you thought about this? Okay, well, the next day he drives me to the airport. He said, I'm going to take you up on that. I said, on what? He said, witnessing on first base. I said, seriously? He said, yes. I said, dude, I said, be careful. You might get in trouble, whatever, okay? And uh, he calls me three days later. He said, Mark, I did it. I said, you did what? He said, I witnessed on first base. I said, seriously? I said, how'd it go? He started telling me these stories. And he said, when the guys would get out, he'd see them in the dugout. He'd see them chit-chatting with each other. He said, I knew they were talking about me. I knew it. I knew it. Okay. Wait a minute. Are you here to please men or are you here to please God? And that's a choice you make. But because he's a famous player, um, uh, he goes into the other team's locker room the next day because he can do this. He hands the Christians one thing you can't do in heaven. So when you meet Christians out witnessing, encourage them to share their faith. He hands the lost guys one heartbeat away, and books are literally going through Major League Baseball because a man stands on first base and shares his faith in Jesus Christ. Think about that. I had lunch in Atlanta with a Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher that uh, Albert witnessed to him. They came in to play the Braves, so he called me up and wanted to go to lunch. So we had this great conversation all because someone was witnessing they're doing that, okay? The book The Watchmen um, came off of this talk. People like this talk so much. We put it into a book. And the watchman is, uh, so it's all Ezekiel 33, but tons of stories. The Joe story about shot and killed with his wife is in there. The one, the gun pulled on me is in here as well. Uh, Herschel Walker, the great football player, he's in here. Uh, you ever heard of uh, Kanye West, young people? Okay, I witnessed the Kanye West one time. He's, he's in this book, what happened, because I ran into him, threw a question out there, bingo, conversation just like that, okay? Now, who, uh, who has lost people you're trying to reach for Jesus, have lost people you're trying to reach? Okay, hands down. Let's try again. Okay, who has lost people you're trying to reach for Jesus Christ? That should be all of us, correct? Okay. Um, how many people have immediate family members that aren't born again and saved, that aren't saved? Okay, me too. Someone asked, would you write a book to these people since you spend so much time with them? So we wrote this book, One Heartbeat Away. Now, we geared it for lost people, but Christians love all the apologetics. How do you prove a God? 
a whole chapter, creation, evolution, just help you bust through that, that whole topic that's huge. One of the main reasons some of you will walk away from Jesus is because of evolution. We've seen this so many times here in America and do that, okay? Walk you right through the Ten Commandments, leave you right at the cross, decide what you want to do, okay? Uh, we've had atheists read this book, Become Born Again. Muslims read this book, Become Born Again. Catholic nun read this book, Became Born Again. Um, I just got an email the other day from an 87-year-old World War II vet. He made the mistake of putting his phone number on his emails. I called this guy. I wanted to, I wanted to talk to him. And uh, so I call him up. He said, I'm 87 years old. He said, my mind is sharp as a tack. Don't you love older people? I love old people, man. And my mind is sharp as a tack. He said, I'm in a VA hospital. I saw your book sitting there. I picked it up, started reading it, okay? He said, I was a machine gunner in the Battle of the Bulge. Remember the very famous Battle of the Bulge? He was a machine gunner during that. I was like, this is crazy, okay? He said, I took your book home. I've read through it once. I'm now reading it a second time, okay? I've now committed my life to Jesus Christ. He said, my family's been Catholic for generations back, trusting a church for their salvation. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? You understand that from Russian Orthodox and all the rest? If you trust a church, you're in serious trouble the moment you die. You trust somebody who died for your sins, and that's Jesus Christ, okay? He said, I've now committed my life to Jesus Christ. He said, sir, I'd like your other books. How do I get them? So I sent him a care package out there. He just emailed me again. Sir, I've read this book three times now. Okay, this guy's getting fired up, okay? He is sharing his faith. He's being bold, but he's 87, okay? So think about what you can do when you plant a seed in someone's life, okay? Now, good thing for your notes, and we'll close it for you right here. Good thing for your notes. To be a leader, you have to be a reader, Okay? Very simple. To be a leader, you have to be a what? A reader. Very simple. Listen to me, young Russian people. Do not follow young American people, whatever you do, okay? Too many of those people spending their whole life, okay, looking down. They're looking down and tapping all on their what? Their phones, okay? Uh, spending their whole life playing video games and stuff. Okay? I am so glad Jesus wasn't on his phone as he walked past the woman at the well. Hey, disciples, we're, hey, I'm hungry. Can you bring me some food, please? Appreciate it, fellas. See you, fellas. Bye. LOL, whatever it is. And uh, go. There was a woman at the well there that needed to hear about the Messiah who ends up telling an entire town about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and the whole town comes back to hear. Be careful. You spend your whole life looking down. There's all these people in Florida South Carolina, North Carolina, they need the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, to be a leader, you have to be a what? Reader. Soak your mind with good things. If God can get good things in you, he can get good things out of you. But if junk, it's an old computer term, junk in, junk out. If I get junky stuff in me, junky stuff comes out of me. It's a very simple term. Okay, so I got I to fight back against what the world puts in me, okay? So when we go to lunch, there's a table back there with my books and stuff on there, okay? I dare to be very different. There's no charge for anything. We do not charge for things in the ministry. Um, we've never done that for 14 years and do that, okay? My website, uh, markcahill.org, it's on the back of the book. Do not go to markcahill.com. That's an atheist in Germany who does not like me very much, okay? So he gets a lot of emails. So uh, markcahill.org. Um, it's the same. You just order what you want, pay what you want, okay? All three of those books have free study guides. Youth pastors, take your group through those books. Take them through those books, okay? Um, uh, and then as you go through the books, put them into practice at school. Put them into practice everywhere you go and do that, okay? So you go back to the table. Everything's donation. You just take what you want off the table and pay what you want, okay? That's how we do the ministry and do that. Um, if money's tight, you can take something off the table. 
uh, for free if money's tight for you. You know, you know that. And, uh, and you could, but just got to make sure you read it or watch it. There's some DVDs as well. Okay. Um, but I go one step further. There's a box there. So you just take whatever you want, put whatever you want in the box, take whatever you want off the table. I go one step further. If anyone in the room has a financial need, not a want, a need, you know the difference, you can reach in the box and take out the box. Okay? I started doing this six, seven, eight years ago. We have heard the craziest stories from that little box back there. Okay? Uh, a guy came up to me at a church one time in Indiana. He came up after the service. He says, sir, can I go to your box and take $20 out of the box for gas? Now, don't come up and ask me. If you have a need, you can reach in there and take that, okay? I said, I said well, why do you need gas? He said, oh, I was driving past your church this morning, and my car ran out of gas, so I just coasted it into the church parking lot, okay? He didn't go to church there. He said, well, I'm in the parking lot. Might as well just go to church. So he goes to church that morning. So that morning, he got God and gas all in the same morning. It was like a primo morning for this guy, okay? Um, I just had uh, a guy in Texas a couple months ago. He went back to the box, and he, he was going to lose his job. He had to get steel-toed boots, or he was going to lose his job. And he needed $60 to pay for a new pair of boots, or he's about to lose his job. Does he have new boots now, yes or no? Yes, he's got new boots now. We had uh, someone left me a note in there. Don't leave me a note. And uh, some lady left me a note. She said, we're visiting your church. I was in Illinois. Visiting your church. You were the speaker this morning. Tomorrow we go to Uganda. We have a second bag with us. And they're trying to charge us $200 for the second bag. That's called a ripoff, correct? That's a ripoff. The, the plane's already going to Uganda. What do you mean $200? This is crazy. I hate when people do that. And she says, sir, we don't have the money for the bag. But the bag is all full of what? Bibles, gospel tracts. Sir, we don't have the money for the bag, but we just took $200 out of the box. Uh, we will get this luggage to uh, Uganda, and we'll get this literature all across Uganda. Thank you very much. Don't we serve a great God? Great God, yes? Yes. In the book, The Watchman, there's a whole chapter on giving. There's one whole chapter just on giving. Okay, now, listen to me real quick. Giving has nothing to do with money. has zero to do with money. Can't you give your time? Oh, sure. Can't you give your talents? Oh, sure. Are you helping the atheist kid in the class study for the big exam coming up? Because the Muslim guy is not doing that. The atheist kid isn't doing that. Are you giving your talents like that? It's a great way to do that, okay? Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave. Are you givers? If you're, if you're not givers, today's a new day. You start giving now. Time, money, whatever it is, talent. Okay, we're givers as Christians. Do you know how many lost people come to America, they've told me this. They turn on the television, they see TBN with 1-800 numbers across the bottom. Give me, give me, give me. Christianity is not give me, give me, give It's give you, give you, give you. When I bought someone's meal in the restaurant last night, I bought another table their meal. They flipped out. That had never happened in their entire life. The waitress couldn't believe I bought another person's meal in a restaurant. Why? Because I'm a giver. I've learned to be a giver. Do you understand what I'm saying? Learn young. I wish I, well, I wasn't saved at your age. I didn't get saved when I was 25, but I sure wish I would learn to be a giver young. If you have financial need, you reach there. Because we always ups and downs. I've been totally broke before, two different times. People had to help me through. But now that I have a little bit more money, I go help other people out. Okay? You don't want to die with a trumpet not being blown, but you want to die with a bunch of nickels in your pocket that you could have done kingdom work with. Does that make sense? Don't come to America, the American dream. What's the American dream? Make a lot of money, get a big house, and die and go to hell. That's the American dream. That's been a real deception in this wonderful country. 
okay? Come to America, do whatever you want. It's a wonderful country, okay? But if you earn money, do kingdom work. Is that right? Do missionary work. Help missionaries and do that. Make sense? Yes? Okay, so the books are back for as we head to lunch. Time is precious. Every second, two people die. So I put your head on your pillow tonight if the Lord allows you to. Another 150,000 people taking their last breath, walk off into eternity, heaven or hell as we speak. I just spoke an hour and a half. Went pretty quick, though. Went pretty quick. A lot of people just died in an hour and a half. Okay? The question is, are you and I going to care about these people? We're still breathing. we still got work to do for the Lord. Very simple statement. It's in one of the books. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. Don't get born again and saved and waste your life. You'll regret it the moment you die. Live a life where you're going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, not from any of your friends, but from the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, okay? Time is precious, okay? Use it very, very wisely in the days to come. Father, thank you so much for just a good chance to be here. Father, thank you so much for the young people. Thank you for the Russian churches that we've got around America. Father God, make sure we're not trusting any church for our salvation. Make sure, Father, we're trusting you and you alone, Jesus Christ. But Father, remind everyone in here that's born again and saved, they have a trumpet in their pocket. And America needs a good dose of Jesus Christ. We need to start blowing these trumpets loud and clear and bold, big lungs, everywhere we go. So, Father, start something this weekend that we know it's the Holy Spirit, and then push us out of our comfort zones to start being these men and women and teenagers of the Lord we're called to be. And we thank you so much for that, and we do. And we ask in the great name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.